Hello, I am Chris from the Geek Peak Podcast, and I am very excited to introduce my two friends here. Miles? Hello, I'm Miles from the Disc Dump Podcast and Toast of the Realms Podcast. And Josh. Hi, I'm Josh from the Four Nerds by Nerds Podcast. We are very, very excited to be doing a brand new podcast together. We are joining forces, and we are going to be reviewing horror movies. It is called High on Horror. It's going to be our podcast where we talk all about horror movies. We're going to review them, and we're even going to have some audience participation. I hope you guys are excited. The show will debut in September, so be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, you can follow us on social media. We are on Instagram, which is high underscore on underscore horror. You can also follow us on Twitter at high on horror. The O in on is a zero. And remember, life is tough. So why not take a break and get high on horror? Hello and welcome to the Disc Dump Podcast. This is the show where we watch movies, play games, and listen to music in an effort to decide, are we going to keep the disc or are we going to dump it? I am joined today by some fan favorites, the Straight to DVD Podcast. Mike and Raph, how are you guys doing? What up? How you doing, young king? Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> welcome back, boys. This is like the third time you've been on, right? That's true. Yeah. Yes, awesome. I'm so excited. So uh, today what, we're... What was the first thing we did? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just uh, kept going. Of course you did. <laughs> we did Dark Knight Rises. And King Kong. That's King right. King Kong, yes. It's King Kong, that's right. <laughs> Racism, I remember this. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, so today we're talking about a subject that you guys talk about all the fucking time, and that would be Joker. <laughs> but first... A brief history. Okay, so um, I have a feeling I know how you guys feel about this movie, but uh, let's not start with Raph this time. <laughs> that's good shit. I think that's wise. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about it, Mike? Um, okay, so a brief history of our experience with the Joker. So we saw it uh, opening night uh, at Lincoln Center. And it was us and a bunch of our friends, and we all that, went to that's see. That's in it. the city. That's yes, that's in uh, Manhattan. Yeah. Okay. For anyone, for anyone who's listening who doesn't know where what Lincoln Center is, yes, that's it's. You can't throw on your fancy Manhattan talk. That's like fair. That. <laughs> everyone knows what you're talking about. For, forgive me. We were in a building <laughs> in, in New York. There was and there was a screen in that building, and there were seats, <laughs> and we sat down in those seats and we watched Todd Phillips's Joker. Um, and initially I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And uh, eventually as we reviewed the film and talked about it on our podcast and as it kept, kept coming up like a, a, an undying fungus, the, what I came to realize was that, uh, what I was, mes the, the, I was mesmerized the first time I watched the film because as an actor myself, I was blown away by Joaquin Phoenix um, I'm a huge fan of his to begin with. I think almost everything he's done is is excellent. 
And then I saw him in this and I thought it was such a unique take on the character. Um, and I thought he did an amazing job with it. And in, uh, obviously he, he carried the film. Um, but detrimentally so, I was uh, distracted so much by his performance that I was like, oh, that was great. I enjoyed that. That I then, when I started to actually think about the film itself and pick it apart, eventually I sort of landed on the opinion of overall it was a bit more style rather than substance, which sometimes can be fine. Um, but I think what's interesting about the movie is it, it's, you know, it's like it's a film about poverty, right? And a film about oppression and class and, and the, the class struggle. Um, and the film sort of deals with that, but it, it's, it's a tricky film. And like having the Joker character as a protagonist is tough because you're supposed to empathize to a degree with your protagonist, right? And essentially, you know, all these horrible things he's doing, all these murders he's committing and, and, and people he's torturing, it, it, it's, it's meant to sort of be communicated as a good thing. Like he's representing the oppressed people of Gotham and that they support him because as a result of his uh, homicides, he's liberating them. So I'm still unsure sort of how I feel about that sort of being the message of the film. Uh, I don't think it's as amazing as some people think it is, um, but I think it's fine. I think it's fine. We'll, st well, we'll, we'll leave it there. <laughs> you think it's fine. Um, I mean, to rebuttal your point, I feel like it's, uh, it is as much frowning upon what you think the main theme, like, yeah, class inequality is the theme of the movie as well as the mental health crisis. But mm. like, I don't think that Todd Phillips is like, you're going to love the Joker. You're rooting for him. Like at no point in the movie did I feel like I was supposed to root for him. Like it just sucks that he is the way he is, but I feel like it's mostly, well, obviously it's a character study. So we're learning about how this beloved character came to be who he is, even though there's a bajillion backstories for him. I really liked Joaquin Phoenix's take on him though. Like it was very abused and mentally disturbing, but uh, yeah, so Raph, what did you think of it? Here we go. <laughs> Miles, I'm sure you probably could have guessed this, but I adore this movie. What? Really? No. Okay, uh, I was going to say, <laughs> you got me. <laughs> so, okay, I think, um, right, if you've, if you've listened to our episode about this or any of the 20,000 times that it's come up on our show, um, it's obvious that I have a bad relationship with this movie, but I've only seen it the one time, uh, opening night, what was that a year and a half ago at this mm -hmm. point? Um, I haven't had a chance to revisit it. So I was kind of excited to like, give it another shot for this, um, to see if maybe my feelings had changed about it. Maybe I was just in a really sour mood the first time I watched it. Um, so I did try to come at it this time around with like a more open mind um, knowing that it's not going to be something that will blow me away, but maybe there's some, maybe there's some stuff, some good stuff that I can take away from it. Um, and with all of that in mind, I was still struggling to find some, like a lot of good takeaways from this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, which is tough. And like, I like really, really wanted to come at it with an open mind because I know a lot of people like this movie. Um, I didn't want to just be like unnecessarily harsh towards it. Um, and just, you know, be like a, a douchebag, like, 
know, if you like Joker, then you don't know anything <laughs> about movies. Uh, like maybe there is some, something that we can like actually get out of this. Um, but I don't know like what's actually there. And I think we kind of got duped by the dude who made the hangover. And because <laughs> he like used like a grayer, like a grayer color uh, scale and tone that he like tricked us into thinking that he made a good movie. But in reality, like, no, this is a hundred percent the same dude who made old school and the hangover. Like it's the same <laughs> kind of like, uh, it's the same kind of like immature and like shallow, like just like 16 year old, like boy stuff that like is good for, for, for that demographic, but it's, it's not in any way like high art the way that it presents itself which I think is this movie's biggest flaw is that it presents itself as something that it's not. And if it were just like honest about what it was, then it would be a lot better. It sure tricked the European foreign press and the Academy (laughs) Awards. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I fucking love this movie. I'm not going to, this is the third (laughs) time I've watched it. (laughs) So like, this is the third time I've watched it. The second time I watched it was on an airplane. And they say that because of the oxygen or whatever, you tend to just enjoy things more on an airplane because your brain's all fucked up. So maybe that contributed to it. But like, I really enjoyed this movie. Watching this. (laughs) It's not not too late. What the the podcast or watching the movie? Watching the movie. I mean, so there's a lot of symbolism in it that, I mean, they don't spell out. That's for sure. Uh, I noticed in the very beginning of the movie, he's sitting in front of the mirror. Did you notice that as he like pans into the mirror, the lights and the stuff in the background kind of make Batman's face in the mirror. And like the, the lower jaw of him is actually Joaquin Phoenix is the Joker and he's painting his face and shit. Did you guys notice that? I didn't. It's pretty dope. I'm gonna put a screenshot on the Instagram. We don't, we don't notice those things because we're fake movie. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> We've immediately been exposed. <laughs> Not even 30 seconds into the movie, we've already been exposed as half. Literally the first shot yeah. we completely missed. <laughs> well, I mean, like every point you guys just made is valid. It is like there is a definite on the surface level of it that is like oh this is not the greatest movie ever written but it's is definitely a performer showcase so like joaquin i don't think anybody's real problem is with him right you guys are don't have a problem I, with I his performance? that's that's how i felt I, I think i actually may have said this when we recorded our episode about it was that this literally was just a showcase to show off how fucking good of an actor joaquin phoenix is mm-hmm. um i i before I lose my, my train of thought, you mentioned the Batman thing, and I have a conspiracy theory uh, mm. regarding this film and regarding the upcoming Matt Reeves's The Batman starring Robert Pattinson. I believe that these films are connected and that Joaquin Phoenix's Joker uh, will appear either in the after credit scene of Matt Reeves's The Batman or in the sequel. Mm-hmm. That is my guess. Because let's let's face it, the, the the Joker is what the highest grossing R-rated movie of all time. Is that right? Or the highest grossing R-rated comic book movie of, of all time? I think it's one it of those might, two. Might be highest race, high, highest highest gro- racing. <laughs> Cut that. The highest gro- <laughs> grossing R-rated movie. I think the highest racing gr- G-rated yes. movie. Yes, there you go. Uh, it's all of those things. Um, and so the truth is something that that's, that is that successful, especially Warner bros. They're not going to let that 
that that sleeping dog lie. You know, they're going to wait. They're going to wake that puppy up. They're going to give him some kibbles and bits and they're going to take him for a walk around the block again. They're going to milk that shit. They're going to milk that puppy. Mm -hmm. And 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 we're going to get if not a sequel, uh, he's going to appear somewhere else. Um, And I think the 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 fact that the movie was as successful as it was. The interesting thing about Joaquin Phoenix is he he turned down playing Doctor Strange because he didn't want to sign a multi-picture deal. Right. Right. So he's. But I think that given the fact that he won an Oscar and a Golden Globe for this, the fact that the movie performed as well as it did and everybody said this is some of the best work you've ever done. I imagine that when Warner Bros. hands him a blank check, he might be okay with revisiting the character. Mm -hmm. They said that he signed on for a sequel for sure. And uh, I I see your point with the the Batman movie, but the Flash movie that's coming out is like uniting all of these like weird strings of Joker and all the other DC movies. And from what I understand, they signed on Willem Dafoe as the Joker for that one. So what? I could be wrong. Let me Google it real quick. But that, that is so bizarre because the an episode we just released, our most recent STD episode, was top five comic book villains of all time. And Raph's one and two and my one and two were flip-flopped as uh, the Joker and Green Goblin. So the fact Ledger's that Joker. Ledger's Joker and Defoe's Green Goblin. So the fact that the original Green Goblin might be playing a new Joker is insane to me. And That's very, wild. Very bizarre. Yeah. Dude, how about that? The stars are aligning. The universe wanted us to be here right now. <laughs> Pretty this. much, yeah. Um, they're saying that uh, Willem Defoe's been seen on the set. So whether or not he's the Joker, who's to say? But that's the running theory is Willem Dafoe's going Joker. Dude, I, I'd watch that. Maybe he's Batman. <laughs> maybe he's Batman. <laughs> but have you guys seen the pictures of Michael Keaton in the Batman uniform? Yes, and shit? yes I did. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. It is. Yes. There are a few things I geek out on, but Michael Keaton uh, donning the, the cowl again is very exciting to me. Dude, I'm so fucking stoked. And I think Pattinson's going to kill it. Like, I don't know. A friend of mine once said that in order to be a good Batman, all you need is a good chin. And Pattinson's got a good chin. <laughs> so, like, does have a good it's chin. very sharp. Yeah. It's a nice, sharp man's chin. And then, uh, like, when they showed the, what the fighting is going to be like, where he beats the ever-living piss out of a random dude, like... It's it's going to be crazy how violent and angry this Batman's going to be. And I'm so fucking excited. <laughs> I think the trailer, we talk, we actually talked about this. We did an episode yeah. purely on the trailer. Uh, I think it's one of the best trailers ever made. Yeah. And we got a little bit of, of all the actors. In, oh, man. I'm so fucking stoked. What Colin do you fucking Farrell is Penguin. Yeah. Is right? Oh, in the fat suit. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so they're saying that the main bad guy is going to be the Riddler, but I've already talked about this 200 times on this podcast, but yeah. I don't give a shit. Uh, they're saying he's going to be the Riddler, but I believe he's going to be Hush. Are you guys familiar with Hush? Yes. Oh, yeah. no. Yes. I have that. I have, uh, isn't there a series? There's a mm-hmm. comic book series, right? Of Hush. Yep. Uh, I queued up on my computer. Um, okay. I won't spoil comic too comic much, movie. but his it's whole real, thing is real. he changes people's faces and stuff. And he can like, he does plastic surgery on people and he wraps their faces up and it looks exactly the way the quote unquote, uh, Riddler looks like in oh. this upcoming movie. And he's duct taping someone's head. It, it's pretty clear to me that it's probably going to be hush. Maybe, mm. maybe Paul, Paul Dano, Paul Dano. Yep. 
maybe he's doing like what he did in There Will Be Blood, where he's playing twins, but it's not obvious that they're twins, and his twins are Hush and Riddler. That would be pretty cool. We don't realize that they're that he's playing two different people until the end of the movie when Joaquin Phoenix shows up and says, (laughs) (laughs) "Those are two guys." (laughs) (laughs) impression so that actually brings up a point what did you guys think of his laugh you can't talk about the joker without talking about the laugh what did you guys think of his laugh raf would you like to start um yeah i i, I can start um miles i didn't like it no? <laughs> um you know, and like i think this this goes back to another point that we were making earlier where he, you know, this really is just a movie that is carried by Phoenix for him to give like a great performance and to show all that he can do as an actor. But like, he's doing all of that stuff, but there's really not like a character that he's playing because the character is written so shallowly. And the whole idea of, <laughs> of like the Joker's laugh being this thing that is not, that is like, it's not something where when he finds something funny, he laughs. It's, this uncontrollable thing. I don't know. I just didn't buy it. And maybe I'm just a, a grouch who doesn't like anything, but I didn't, I didn't need that like weird phony trick of, you know, we have this really good actor who can laugh, but look uncomfortable while doing it. So we're going to have him do that. You know, the laugh is just, it's just, it's just a way to get to Joaquin Phoenix doing like making those uncomfortable faces while laughing uncontrollably. See, I, I like it. I like it. I think it's good. <laughs> like he, uh, they what said that. And every time we come on here, we just rain on his parade. So That's I know. okay. I mean, this one's not going to go the way King Kong. I don't think. Like where I'm like, oh, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to like this anymore. <laughs> oh, Miles, just you wait, brother. I've, I've got some stuff for you. <laughs> All right, I think this is going to be a debatey episode. I'm pretty pretty excited. I'm not prepared to debate, but I just assumed that you would not like it. And Mike would like it, and we're all going to be in the same place we always are. But um, so his, uh, I like his laugh. I know that the laugh is a big thing, and uh, he just the apparently there it, that is a real disorder that people there is are people who laugh uncontrollably. So of course, like fucking Huffington Post or some other bullshit media found a guy who has that, and they were like, "Is this what it's like?" And he's like, "That's exactly what it's like. This is who I am." So of course, like that guy's probably a fucking serial killer now. But <laughs> 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 so, like, what did you think of it, Mike? I um, you assumed correctly. I actually, I, I'm sorry, Raph. I actually, no. I, I liked uh, the laugh. Not it's it's not so much that I liked the laugh itself. I liked their explanation for why it happens. I like mm-hmm. that if you're making a movie about like a mental disorder, right? And this guy is so fucked up in general. Uh, I like that they justified it as that. And I sort of I think I think the best the best sequence of that happening with the laugh is when he's on the bus and he's like, yeah. he has a little card that he hands people. Um, I, I, if I had to say anything negative uh, about the performance, I actually wasn't crazy. And this may have been the, the way it was directed. I wasn't crazy about him being the Joker um, on Murray's show. 
um, it, it, it sort of felt like, okay, he puts on the makeup and he puts on the vibrant suit, which I love, by the way. I think it's a great look for the character. Um, but it, it sort of felt like uh, he didn't really change too much. Um, you know, obviously he co- commits murder on, on, uh, television and starts, <laughs> starts dancing, uh, <laughs> but, but it, it just felt like, oh, okay. He has makeup on and he's wearing a suit now. So now he's the Joker as opposed to like, like you were saying, this is a, this is a character study, right? So I guess if I were to say anything negative, but it's not much because I do think his performance is great, is that maybe, and I don't know if it's a writing thing. It, I wish there was like a slight a slight character shift a little bit more, just a little bit more. But I do, I do like the laugh and I like the justification of the laugh. So you're touching on probably my only problem with the movie is that the transformation from Arthur Fleck to the Joker is sudden. It is like, it. it's supposed to be a slow burn the whole time, but once he kills whatever that guy's name is, uh, Randall, uh, once he kills Randall all this and his mom, all of a sudden he's just like, happy for the first time in his life because like his whole thing was like i've never been happy a day in my life and then he kills his mom and they're like what's up with you he's like oh my mom just died i'm celebrating fucking hilarious line um (laughs) 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 so yeah he uh like that happens and then he's dancing like sincerely as he's coming down the stairs doesn't feel super sincere it's very awkward but like at that moment he's the joker like that's the moment it all turns you know what i'm saying Mm-hmm. So, you don't think it starts to turn when he's on the subway and he kills the the finance guys? Yeah, I guess it's like one of those, uh, what do they call it, the plot mountain or whatever, where it's like slowly going up and then it yeah. shoots straight up. <laughs> he does a uh, he does he does a dance in the bathroom, and I feel like with with better direction, this movie could have been really good because there's some stuff there, right? They're like they're they're nuts and bolts to a good movie that just in the right, if not in the hands of the dude who made uh, road trip in old school, like can be a good movie. Um, and after he kills the wall street guys, he goes into the public bathroom and he like starts to dance, but only a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like, I think as the movie goes on and progresses, he starts, he gets like dancier and dancier. Mm-hmm. Well, he's taking classes. off screen. <laughs> <laughs> Why does he lock himself in the fridge at one point? Cause it's warm out, dude. He gets dancier and dancier as as the movie goes on. And I think like each time he I think that's supposed to be like a moment where he's becoming more more of the Joker, right? And then he mm-hmm. has his big dance when he's about to go on Murray's show. And I think after he kills Murray, he should have an even bigger dance. Like he just does <laughs> little You know how he does like, he does like a little dance after he uh he like after grabs he, his lapels. Yeah, and- <laughs> after he shoots Murray and he like grabs the camera and he does a little dance. That should be a Big dance. You know he what should I'm saying? be doing the Macarena. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. from the mask. Exactly. The entire sequence. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. But I forgot what my original point was. Oh, the the dudes on the train. I think mm-hmm. that's like the one moment that we have before that where he's kind of becoming the Joker. Um, before yeah, like, everything at, at the end. He goes from self-defense to homicide all in one scene. And, uh, it, oh man, it's so good though. You see the guy running and he's just like, no remorse, no hesitation. <laughs> fucking ices him. That shit was awesome. You know who he should have killed? Zazie Beats. 
because <laughs> I feel like the scene, the scene with the twist with her, right. That comes at a point that's, uh, I guess like in between enough of the, of the train scene and his next murder where it makes sense that that's like another progression in him killing people and becoming the Joker, you know, I mean, you could do another dance there. Speaking of miles, I, I have a question for you. Did you, uh, do you think that twist with her was telegraphed? What do you mean by telegraph? Were you surprised? Not in any way. No, I have a follow-up question. Did you find that it was necessary for the character to have that twist or for the story that is being told? I feel like the whole there. I feel like the whole point of that was to be like, hey, he's not racist and we can hire black women for this movie. Oh. oh and now we come mm-hmm. to the King Kong conversation. Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> oh no, we're there. I um, feel like it was not Todd Phillips' choice to put that character in the movie. I feel like Warner Brothers was like, can't all be pasty white people, man. You got to put some color in there. So we're going to give you this social worker, and then we're going to make the love interest. And Todd Phillips was like, no love interest. And they're like, yes. And it's going to be Domino from Deadpool 2. And that's that's how we got her. I wish – I was speaking of the, the social worker, I wish that uh, Brian Tyree Henry – who works at Arkham. He only has like one scene. I wish he was in more of the movie. I hadn't really seen him before this movie. So then when I saw him again in King Kong versus Godzilla or whatever, the, <laughs> I thought he was, I was like, Oh shit. I remember this guy. I thought he was great. In that, mostly because I love podcasts. What's that? You don't know Paperboy? Uh, uh-uh. no, what's Paperboy? Oh man. You don't watch Atlanta. I do not know. Oh. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a, Donald Glover slash Childish Gambino show. They're the same person. Yeah, I have that. I have a bit of personal uh, trivia slash experience regarding Brian Tyree Henry. He does. Um, back when he was playing General Butt Fucking Naked <laughs> in Book of Mormon on Broadway, one summer he took a break from the show to go do theater up in Williamstown, Massachusetts. And I was interning there up in Williamstown, Massachusetts. And I was his dresser for the play that he was doing. So I had to take his clothes off and put them back on again backstage. And he tipped me very, very well. And he was always very nice. Very nice guy. Are you sure that you were working on a play if you were taking his clothes off and he was tipping you? I'm not. But (laughs) childhood trauma often evolves into something that we can (laughs) go with. So... As as Joker points out. <laughs> so that's why you wanted him more in this movie or getting yes, flashbacks yes, to his exactly. beautiful ass. I need my young daddy back in my life, dude. <laughs> what was he like? Is he a cool dude? He's a very cool dude. Great actor, uh, great personality, very, very talented. He played like eight different roles in the play. He was fantastic. Um, and that's right around the time. That was right before Atlanta. Um, so that's right before he sort of exploded in, in popularity. So he was relatively unknown at the time, um, but he was a very, very nice guy. And he, t- and like I said, he tipped me very well. And none of the other t- actors tipped any of their dressers. Oh, well, I mean, that's nice of him. It reminds me of the time that I used to go and get packs of cigarettes for Joaquin Phoenix. See, we can both do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> he does smoke a lot in this movie, though. Yeah, he fucking does. Jesus, yeah. it, it really made me I, – I quit smoking cigarettes a, a, quite a while ago, and it made me want one so fucking bad. Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> I'm thinking about it right now. Mm-hmm. 
And I just watched a movie, some cartoon where they ate a lot of pasta, and I was just like, cigarettes and pasta. <laughs> and you're talking dude, language right now. <laughs> that's, you're speaking of my Italian blood, brother. Yeah. <laughs> that's I just want to sit in a, 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 what, a gondola in Venice with a plate of ziti and a Virginia Slim. <laughs> <laughs> the white joker is racist. <laughs> You actually think it is, Rev? Okay. Oh, oh boy. Here we fucking oh, go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I honestly, I, I was, I was watching it, and like, it, it, this wasn't something that I, that I was like, that I thought would, would be there. Um, but the right, the opening scene when, first of all, like when they kick him while he's down, which is just like hilarious, ham-fisted symbolism. Um, <laughs> It's like a group of, of like Hispanic and maybe some like Asian. They're all like vaguely non-white kids. Um, and that's what prompts Randall to give him the gun. And um, that's what prompts Randall to give him the, the gun. We have, we have a visitor here. Um, <laughs> and Randall's talking about it. And he's like, they're all animals. Like they're, they're pieces of shit. They'll beat you up and, you know, take all your stuff and all of that. Um, so I thought it was weird that like, that the movie kind of starts by pitting poor white people against poor people of color. And then like the next scene is him with the social worker and she kind of represents the man. Right. But she's just like, she's just a black woman. And I feel like the movie kind of starts out by, by setting up. um, It doesn't become a, a class struggle or like a socioeconomic struggle until the Waynes are brought in. And before that, it's kind of, um, it's kind of presented where black people and non-white people are his enemy or people who are not like necessarily keeping him down, but not helping him like become his full self. It's actually interesting. You point that out. All of the main African-American characters in this film uh, betray him or in his point of view, actively don't help him. The social worker doesn't give him the meds or the help he needs. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry at Arkham won't give him the file and his non-girlfriend uh, doesn't, doesn't date him. Date him? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. It's, I don't think it's intentional. I no, think Todd yeah. Phillips is just a bad director. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know, it's think- arguments like this that make me confident that I don't know how to make everybody happy. I guess you can't make everybody happy, but, like, I would like to be, if I make movies, I would totally want to be inclusive, and I'd put everybody in everything. But, like... There's just going to be a point where it's like, somebody's got to be yeah. a bad guy. <laughs> it's, like, it's just, and I don't think it was like done with any malice. I think, uh, I think Todd Phillips just has like a, a, a certain view of the world and like, while not thinking about it, he included that worldview of non-white people in his like, right. Like, like Mike said at the beginning, at the beginning of the episode, like, Joaquin Phoenix is our protagonist. So we're supposed to connect and identify with him and sympathize with him in some way, shape or form. And if the first 30 minutes of the movie, the only people who are seen as adversaries against him are people of color, then like we're going to not think the greatest things about them. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it's switched to the point where, you know, rich people are the, the finance bros, the, the, the Waynes, um, not the Wayans. 
wings. <laughs> the Wayne brothers. The are Wayne the true, brothers. True antagonists of Todd Phillips is completed. Yes. Um, but they're like it's never presented in a way where they were like people of color helping him. They're still pitted against each other, so it, um, like it doesn't need to be that way. But it's there, mm-hmm. and like movies are inherently political, no matter what they're doing. What are you? What so you, you have to be you have to be conscious of it when you're making a movie. Speaking of all the antagonists in this film, it's interesting because I was thinking about that. We were talking about Joaquin being the protagonist. I was thinking, well, who is the antagonist of this film? And the truth is, society. Everyone around him mm-hmm. is the antagonist, which I guess is the point. But I'm curious. What you you bring up uh, the class struggle once the rich folks, the Waynes, are introduced. What did you guys think of? the portrayal of Thomas Wayne in this Mm. and how that sort of goes against the mythos of that character. I love it. I think shitty, evil Thomas Wayne asshole man is fantastic because you don't get rich for no reason. Like you can make a good living and be a decent person. You could even make a, a better than good living and be a decent person. But if you're installing railroads and shit and you're like reorganizing the town and you want to be a mayor, I feel like it's pretty likely you're a fucking asshole. So like, <laughs> there's got to be some level of egotism that comes with, you know what? Maybe I should be the leader. Maybe I should be the mayor. Like, I feel like that's there's definitely some shittiness to that. So I thought he was pretty well written as far as, like, being a, a snarky old white man who thinks he's the best at everything, you know? Sure. I agree with the snarky old white man. But I think the larger question is, like, like if this were a movie that weren't within the universe of Batman, right? Mm-hmm. And like, we – there's a certain, you know um, – you know, there's a certain uh, just like understanding that we all have of the Batman character and the characters in that universe and how they operate, including Joker. Like you, you, the argument could be made that this movie kind of ruins what we know Joker to be in the mythology of Batman as a whole. Um, but like the Thomas Wayne character is so important as being like a good guy in the mythology of Batman that if if he turns out to be a shitty person, then like, why would we ever root for Batman? down the down the line like this movie like it aligns us with joker mm-hmm. we're not supposed to be aligned with and it kind of pits us against batman which goes against everything that we've ever learned about batman maybe he's... so maybe todd phillips never liked batman as a as a comic book character maybe that's the real thesis of this film i can't remember <laughs> the actual word but there is actual actually a, a storytelling word for um it's not untrustworthy it's uh it's like an untrustworthy protagonist. It's a protagonist whose perspective. Oh, you, you know the, what I'm uh, about? it's like it's like a literary tool, right? It's a literary mm-hmm. tool, exactly. Um, it's when like when a story is told in first person, and you're um, the untrustworthy narrator. Yes, yes, something the, like that. Yeah, something like, like that. Yeah, that's sort of what I feel this this movie um, is. Yeah, and it doesn't really spell that out because. If you think about all these other characters that he's interacting with his people, in his mind, all these antagonists, um, if you think about it from their perspective, they're just dealing with a lunatic, right? Imagine you're Thomas Wayne and you're in a bathroom and this crazy guy runs in claiming to be your son who you know is not. Like, how are you going to, I guess, uh, respond to that? Or imagine yeah. somebody 
lives down the hall from you who's sexually attracted to you uh, enters your home in a threatening manner. How are you going to respond to that? Or if you're working at Arkham Asylum, uh, just finishing filming season one of Atlanta, <laughs> and, and uh, Joaquin Phoenix is trying to steal your paperwork, are you, how are you going to respond to that? I, so I think if you, if you think about it from that perspective, that the perspective we're watching the film via is sort of um, untrustworthy, then maybe it makes it a little more interesting and uh, palatable, I guess. Right. But that's just something I'm curious about. Right. So, like, it definitely is very, like, Catcher in the Rye. You guys ever read Catcher in the Rye? Oh, hell yeah. Holden Caulfield is my guy. Yeah, it's, a- it's very much like that. Like, everybody else is a piece of shit. I'm the greatest. I know what's going on. I'm not happy. Boo, woe is me. And that is very much how this movie is. Do I think that all the other characters in Catcher in the Rye are assholes? No, I think Holden Caulfield's a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's kind of how I feel about the Joker, too. So, like, to your point that maybe we're supposed to hate Batman. No, I definitely think the Joker is a bad, bad dude in this movie. I am super rooting for Batman. Like, I'm surprised there wasn't more trauma put on batman when he like goes to visit the mansion like i thought that was going to be like scary i was like whoa but it turns out he just irritated alfred a little bit but <laughs> anyway um hey, so, don't put your fingers in my my ward's mouth right <laughs> so at that funny note we're going to go <laughs> to uh, a brief break and we're going to come back with uh, a segment where it may uh, may have things to do with fingers and orifices so <laughs> we'll be right back let's go <laughs> Predators. Their acts are evil. We call them monsters. We say no human could perpetrate the crimes they have committed. But in truth, only human beings execute these horrific acts. And if you're like me, you want to know why. To find out, join me, Ariel Cooksey, on my podcast, Malice. As a social psychologist, I dig into the psychology, sociology, neurobiology, child development, trauma, and other factors that come together to create malicious offenders. Find Malice wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, Dumpers. Thank you for listening to this episode where I speak with Straight to DVD podcast about the movie Joker. Uh, I had a really good time with these guys. I always get a little too rowdy with them. I don't know. It's just the energy that they put off, man. I feel like we jive. I like these guys a lot. Um, So check out their show Straight to DVD wherever you find your fine podcasts because those dudes are hilarious. Thank you guys for doing this episode with me. So I have a couple of announcements that I need to make that are like legit related to the show. Um, I am going to be changing the theme song. uh, And by that, I mean, uh, I'm going to actually be making my theme song for the entire show Unity by the Fat Rat. I've had multiple people actually say that they would prefer that. And I really appreciate the Jazz June. So the Jazz June is an amazing band. You guys should definitely check them out. 
Um, they do rock music. If you like rock music, they're pretty solid musicians. So uh, in the year, the album The Medicine is my favorite one. It's a very good album. Um, I forever appreciate that they let me use their song as the intro to this podcast because it was my first round pick. It would have been my number one choice at the very, very beginning. But I think it is time to move on to a new sound. And the reason for that is I am ending the disc dump on episode 100. So you have a little bit of time left. I think this is like 75. I'm not exactly sure. But you have a little bit of time left. There's going to be plenty more content. But I have bitten off more than I can chew in the podcast front. And uh, this podcast was designed to be practice before I could start my new podcast. So I think this show is about done. It has run its course. Uh, there are going to be 13 episodes in October. So that's where majority of the episodes are going to be that remain. So uh, yeah, it's been awesome. I really enjoy doing this show and entertaining you. Thank you guys all for listening so much. And uh, I just wanted to let you know, episode 100 will be the end because of my new podcast. So my new podcast is called Toast of the Realms, and it is a game of Dungeons and Dragons that I play with my friends. And uh, it's I put in sound effects and music and stuff, and it's, it's going to be a really good time, kind of like a radio drama, improv, a little bit of comedy in there. You can't play D&D without laughing. It's just an essential. So yeah, if you're into any kind of fantasy, anything, check out Toast of the realms wherever you get your fine podcast the first episode drops e- next week or the week after and uh, i'm pretty excited and i explain how to play D and all that so it makes life really easy so jump on in the next two weeks and type in toast of the realms and check out the new podcast Alrighty, uh back to the action with straight to dvd podcast where we talk about joker so it shall be um so uh, audience we are back uh these boys know what best wishes is but today we have a little twist on best wishes because these are all submitted by audience members so if you want to submit your uh best wishes pictures send them to discdumppod at gmail.com that's d-i-s-c-d-u-m-p-p-o-d at gmail.com don't forget that little pp in there it's important so best wishes with <laughs> <laughs> is that new? Is that a new catchphrase? Nope, that's been from day one. <laughs> that can't go away. That needs to be your new hashtag on everything. Don't forget about the little pee-pee in there. <laughs> I want a t-shirt with that. Yes. If you have Miles, you have oh, merch, yeah. you're gonna put that on a shirt and I'm buying it right now. Yeah. I've been uh tossing around a bunch of different ideas with some of my friends for some merch, and that's genius. Thank you very much, fellas. Oh, I will let you know what it's available. Bro. Thank you, thank you. That's fucking awesome. You guys are the best. <laughs> um, okay, so STDs hanging out. <laughs> the STDs. Yeah, you guys referenced yourselves as STDs earlier, and it took me a minute. <laughs> but... <laughs> 
<laughs> that's straight to DVD for the audience who's still not following. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so best wishes just to get us through uh, the description of it. It is uh, wish.com is a Chinese website where you can buy whatever the fuck you can think of on it. And uh, the descriptions of it are written by people who English is not their first language. And the objects are typically fucking weird as shit. So uh, we've got a game where I read the descriptions and then these fellas have to tell me what they think it is. And then I'll give them a chance to describe what they're looking at. So um, who wants to go first today? I I do. I want to get it out of the way because Raph is so good at this game. It infuriates me. (laughs) All righty, Mike. So this one. What'd you say? I'm sorry. No, I just said I promise I don't peek. You don't peek. Okay, good. Better not. (laughs) So, uh, best wishes number one is new luminous gesture octopus. Multiple colors, $14. One more time. (laughs) This is new luminous gesture octopus. Multiple colors. Colors is spelled the British way. And that is $14. $14 for a new luminescent octopus that's gesturing and it comes in multiple colors um is this a plushy toy of the octopus voiced by whoopi goldberg in toy story 3 (laughs) (laughs) i mean you're not terribly far off go ahead and open best wishes one and describe to the audience what you're looking at what i am looking at (laughs) 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 i am looking at a small sculpture of an octopus, um, <clears throat> and all of his tentacles are flipping me off. <laughs> or hers. <laughs> or hers, that's true. <laughs> I can't see the octopus genitalia, so I can't confirm one way or the other. But this octopus is flipping me off. And I kind of, in fact, this is the first thing you've shown us on uh, Best Wishes, Miles, that I actually would consider buying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You say that now, wait till we get to the end of this one. (laughs) And you're right on theme with the fingers. You weren't kidding. Yep, Yep, there it is. I wasn't even thinking about that, but you're right. Um, Okay, wrap. This one is facial roller, 24 karat gold massager, face lift, vibration, skincare device bar for $9. For $9? Yep. That's got to be a little vibrator thing that you put on your face that's covered in gold sprinkles and it's used to, uh, you know, help clean your pores and such. I mean, you could be right. I honestly have no idea what I'm looking at. You go ahead and describe to the audience what this thing is. Okay. What I, what, what I'm looking at is extremely phallic. Um... It looks like two little gold disco nuts and then a, a what is a maybe a gold plated uh, shaft type thing. Um, and the head might maybe secrete some sort of face wash substance. It's oh, like the opening of Joker, dude. Like, if you angle this vibrator a certain way, you can sort of see Batman's oh. cowl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, this is... It's this just is... a massager. It's a bizarrely phallic gold massager. My, my girlfriend is, is, is sitting off screen, and we showed her, we showed her the, the, the pee-pee, the gold pee-pee, <laughs> and she knows exactly <laughs> what it is. What is it? Go ahead and... First of all, what's your name? And then tell us what you think it is. 
I'm Dorothy. Dorothy. Nice to meet you. Dorothy, come closer. Nice to meet you, Dorothy. Get on mic. Miles. Hi. Hello. <laughs> you knew exactly what this is. like a facial massage thing. Okay. It's supposed to tone your face. Do you have one of these? I do not have one, what but, but I'm like aware. A, what does it look like? A, a wiener. It does. I, I'll give you that. Yeah. It does. In fact, it's not even trying to not look like a wiener. <laughs> <laughs> does it, is it like, does it, does the handle vibrate in such a I way that would be a feminine pleasure handle, And then you use it kind of like this. Oh, you hold the oh. shape and you drag the balls across your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but why does it look so much like a dick? I don't understand why that's necessary. <laughs> Dorothy. Thank you for those those two cents, Dorothy. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> no one can buy Dorothy now for Christmas. Whoosh.com. <laughs> okay. Going to bookmark that one. Nice. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and it's only however much I said it was, like $9 or whatever. Great. Um, uh, okay, so Mike, yes. this one is Healthy Life Rotating Silicone Cup Relax Relief Soft Adult Male Cup for $27. Okay, this is this is definitely some variation of a fleshlight that's not actually oh, meant yes. for, I think, masturbation. I think it's more of like a, you know, keep your skin healthy and keep yourself stimulated kind of object or maybe it is just a flashlight <laughs> yeah you took it too far it's just a flashlight go ahead and look. <laughs> that, yes that is 100 uh a flashlight in flat in fact that is a, a I, I love the black and white male model in the back that looks like he has a uh it, it looks like a clip that's kind of it's actually kind of frightening to me because it looks like the mouth comes out of like a, a pink paper clip that's terrifying <laughs> It looks it's like, a like it does. It's it's like a, a Motorola razor with lips on it that you could also hold papers together with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the the Photoshop of the dude in the background is is very crude. They clearly just got a picture of a nude guy and then photoshopped the 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 clip flashlight thing on like in front of him, in front of his in front oh, of his yeah. dong. Oh dude, it's yeah. just it's just a crude it's sixty five percent off. <laughs> water. It says waterproof, but it looks like it's squirting a little bit. Does this water. thing squirt? It looks like it might squirt some water. Maybe it's for cleaning purposes. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I don't like. I don't like that at all. I'm, I'm going to think... buy the octopus, but I'm not going to buy this thing. <laughs> I think behind where it says sixty five percent off, it says relax. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, actually, it's voice. It, it, it has a little voice. It talks to you via the mouth when you turn it on. You know what it looks like? It looks like the plant from Little Shop of Horrors. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Feed me, Seymour. <laughs> That's exactly. You're absolutely right. That's exact, exactly what it looks like. Oh my god! So I think I think Mike's winning right now. This is Dude, wild. Finally, <laughs> hell yeah! Congrats, man. Octopuses and fleshlights, my specialty, dude. I'm proud of you. <laughs> So this next one is a real fucking curveball. I am so like blown away that this is a thing. All right. This one is new 28 PCS slash set professional perf uh, performed de dentition oral dentist USE resin teeth upper lower shade denture model artificial $6. 
Okay, I mean, to me, it seems like it's a set of dentures for 28 teeth, but are the individual teeth that you can maybe swap out with each other? Or is this just your standard everyday set of set of dentures? It seems like it might be your standard everyday set of dentures. Go ahead and check out this next. <laughs> Why would someone buy dentures on oh. wish.com? <laughs> these, these are very odd dentures. These don't look like. Yeah, those aren't. This isn't what my grandma had. That's like a, ne- that's a necklace. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. How do you even put that into your mouth? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's made from actual Chinese children's teeth is what it looks like. Oh, no. <laughs> it says it's made a point to say artificial at the end, but it, it looks like it could be real people teeth yeah. put like together with a way. stars. <laughs> you know what? It might, be, it might be a glue situation as opposed to just like one that you kind of just stick in there. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. I also, I, it's hilarious to me that the before and after photo are of two completely different people. <laughs> <laughs> and the after photo is clearly just her teeth. She's not wearing, <laughs> not wearing backwards. Zoomed in on a smile. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So I feel like we're tied up right now. I could be wrong. I haven't really been keeping track. Is winning. Did you get, you okay. got your first one though too. No, didn't you? You definitely got that one. They were dentures. Yeah, and I, I, I sort of got the first one, I guess. But I feel like you got yeah. We're tied. We're tied. It's more interesting. We're, if we're tied. tied. We're yeah. Tied. Okay. All right. So this is the tiebreaker. This is by far one of the strangest things I've ever fucking seen on this website. Uh, thanks again, Danny from Bravo for the B-side for uh, submitting all of these. I really appreciate it. You've saved me some legwork and shown me some shit I never thought I would see in my entire fucking life. Daniel. Uh, <laughs> Um, Danny, uh, Danielle, I think it was, yeah, Danielle. Oh, sorry, Danielle. Danielle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay, so this one is Banshee 85 millimeter, 27 gram, deep diving, crankbait, weird fishing lures, hard artificial bait, $6. It's, it's 76 good reviews. It's it's an erotic fishing lure. It's like a mermaid erotic fishing lure. That's my answer. <laughs> I mean, Perhaps, what do you think it is? In the same same direction. I'm going to guess phallic though, not mermaid. Oh man, looks like Raph got it. Go ahead and open best wishes for no. No, <laughs> you're kind of you're kind of both right because it has a little fin on the back of the balls. Yeah. Um. But so like, I think we're tied. Dick. Like that counts. It is a mer dick, and I don't like there are veins in the mer dick's balls. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a what a, what a touch. Somebody took the time to paint the veins into that's, it. That's art, man. That's art. So what are you looking at for the audience who can't see it? Raph, you were uh, closer, so you go ahead. It's um, it's some sort of fishing. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't fish. I don't know what the correct terminology. It's some sort lore. of it's a lure. lure. It's a fishing lure, uh, but it's shaped as a penis with a tadpole's tail. <laughs> and the, but the, the tail portion is coming out of the uh, uh, the scrotum, not the. It also head. looks like it doubles as a. Um, What's it called? It looks like the penises have Prince Alberts, and the Prince Albert is just the uh, where you would hook the bait. Well, I know what I'm getting. Fishing hook. I'm getting a. Uh, never mind. I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> yeah, it's time for me to start going fishing. Yeah, dude. 
you just drill a hole in the bottom okay. of the boat and just lie, <laughs> lie flat face down. <laughs> Um, oh, over, over because it said uh because it said banshee so i assumed you know like a banshee of the sea but it's just it's mm. uh gotcha um, okay off. Yeah. right on crank well bait. uh <laughs> thank you crankbait a five-star review. This is the best-reviewed item of the five today. It is, isn't it? Four and a half stars from 76 reviewers. And it's verified by shoppers. It looks like Narissa, not to, you know, divulge too much information about this person's personal life, but it appears that her wish picture is her and her husband and two small children. And she gave this five stars. Yeah. And she's been on Wish.com for five years. So she's seen some shit, and she gave this five stars. <laughs> oh, I love it. you got to go to the gay bar of fishing holes, and this lore, way lore, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Going to catch some rainbow trout. Anyway. Um, <laughs> that was good. That was quick. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So um, thank you guys for playing. That was fun. That's my favorite round so far. I like the Borathon one. Oh, the Borathon was pretty good. That was a pretty good one, too. You're right. Um, so we're all losers when we play Best Wishes, as I like to say. Um, I'm going to have to take a moment after this because I have to piss like a racehorse. I will be right back. Go off, Young King. Young Miles. Hey, Miles. You're going to hear this later when you're editing, but right, right now you're peeing. I just want to say hi. Thanks for having us on the show again. Can't wait to do it again. Hey, Miles, it's me. It's me, Dorothy, and I'll be well. I just want to say I like you a lot, and you're fun. Hey, Miles, because everyone else is doing it, I'm going to do it too, but I also want to say thank you for having us on the show again. It's always a really good time, especially when we have to guess about little BB toys from the Wish.com store. But I also like talking about movies with you. All right, thanks, Mike. Alrighty, my boys. So we got to bring this back to the Joker somehow after all that. How was your, uh, first of all, dude, you have no idea how bad I needed that. <laughs> oh, I, I believe you. Yeah. We kept talking about penises too. And I was like, I would like to just be touching mine for a second just to release. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, so I didn't realize the first time I watched this movie that, uh, he killed, what was the guy's name? Randall, that he killed Randall because Randall set him up to get fired. With did you guys gun, pick up right? on that? With the gun, right? Yeah. Yeah. I did. I thought he was just a nice guy and then later he got killed. And, but then like, there's just one quick line where he's like, Randall said you tried to buy a gun off of him. So like he definitely set him up, but I watched this movie three times and it was only this most recent time that I caught that. Um, oh. Is there anything I, you guys I, I, caught? Recently? Yeah. I, I picked up on that. That's actually the scene. He kills him is actually one of my favorite scenes because mm-hmm. of how he interacts with his, the, the friend who he doesn't kill yeah. um, after uh, where he's like, you were always nice to me. You can go. And then he like, he can't, it, it's just, it, it's, it's honestly, it's one of my favorite bits of, of dark humor. I think in any movie I've seen where, um, the, uh, uh, the short person, the, he can't reach the latch to get out of the apartment to escape. So like Joaquin after murdering his friend has to walk over and let him out. I just think it's just a very funny visual. Awful. After- 
Oh, <laughs> he's like, he's like trembling. Yeah. And he's asking yeah. him to get the, get the latch. Um, yeah, that guy, uh, I'm guaranteed he'll be back in the sequel. Like, they definitely were like, hey, this character's going to be important. We gave him an accent. So, <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe Joaquin doesn't show up in Pattinson's Batman, um, but Gary does. Yeah. Gary's uh, the, the little person. The little person. Um, mm-hmm. That would be like, amazing. I mean, I feel like most people would, there'd be Reddit threads about that. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. We'll on that immediately. We're dorks. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I like that actor. I feel like I've seen him in a bunch of shit. He's one of those people that's like, I recognize you, but you don't remember what else he's been in. The end of this movie, it, it does justice to, okay, so the Joker is going to have a whole bunch of people that, like are subservient to him Mm -hmm. so like that's just it's like the main mechanic of the joker is he's extremely charismatic and he convinces people to work for him and then he scares them so like i'm wondering if that guy is gonna end up being like a henchman you know what i mean even though he's absolutely terrified of him i feel like the joker's gonna have some use for him i've got a uh a theory for y'all about the the movie right Mm -hmm. because it's not arthur who kills the Waynes. Right. It's another dude. And I think typically the story is Joker killed them. <clears throat> well, no. Is that not so? Uh, that's why the the original Michael Keaton, Tim Burton Batman movie, uh, there was a lot of hubbub about it, was because the twist was that Jack, Jack oh. Nicholson's Joker, was the one who killed them. So that's not, that's not canon usually. Not to no. my knowledge, Miles. <laughs> I'm not about that but i don't think it is no it's it's usually like a nameless guy and batman's like really working against him and like fighting with him himself whether or not he's going to kill him or not that's Mm -hmm. been in multiple iterations so it's it's usually just like a random guy that has no real important name and and this todd phillips one was sort of a mismatch halfway because the joker is indirectly responsible okay Mm -hmm. that kind of that kind of takes away from that specific portion of the of the theory, but I think we can still, we can still run with this a little bit if you guys are willing yeah, to bring it on. On this path. So Arthur Fleck, right? Because of his age and his age difference with the Bruce Wayne character that we get in this, he is not the actual Joker within this Batman universe that Todd Phillips has umped on to us, right? He's just <laughs> a force that then inspires the person who will eventually become the Joker as Batman knows it as an homage to this Arthur Fleck character and what he did and the, you know, the uprising that he's, that he started. Mm. What do we think? Interesting. Interesting. That could go possible. that way. I think it's possible. Cause um, then you could have, you could still have it connect to, 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 uh, to Battinson, right? Battinson could be the little <laughs> Bruce Wayne in this. And then he grows up, and then when he grows up, there's another dude who grew up around the same time as him, super influenced by Arthur Fleck and what he did, and he becomes the Joker as we know it in the comics. Hmm. Interesting. There is a a run of comics that's just called Joker 
that it is like the Joker's involved with it. And uh, some guy just shows a lot of loyalty to him right when he gets out of Arkham for whatever reason. There's some kind of loophole that he exploits and the Joker gets out of Arkham. And uh, it's like mafioso Joker. So he like takes the Joker around to reclaim all of his clubs and stuff. And uh, that guy eventually kind of transitions into being a Joker himself. So I'm wondering that, you know, that's that's pretty logical, especially since they run of this. They're both just called Joker. Like mm-hmm. that could be like the inspiration. Like this is a prequel to yeah. that. Well, hmm. the, the infamous violent scene that we were that you were talking about, Miles, in the Matt Reeves, the Batman trailer, where he's beating the ever living shit <laughs> out of the, out of the thugs, the thug he wrecks is his face is painted like the Joker. Oh, so, mm. he's clowning. He's a little clown. He's a little clown skis. He is, and this this takes place in 1981, though. And mm-hmm. it seems like the Batman might be a little more futuristic, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I, I guarantee Pattinson wasn't around in 81. Certainly yeah. not. I got another theory that I don't necessarily subscribe to, but I want to I see what you guys think of it. At the end, when he's finally... I don't know if he's necessarily in Arkham, because that looks a little cleaner than the Arkham that he goes to mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, but I, I think this, this theory has been thrown around online. And the idea is that he, the whole thing takes place inside of his head within that asylum that he's in. And at the end, when he's like, when he's walking down the hallway and then he dances, it kind of mirrors the dance that he does on the stairs. And then he looks to his right and someone chases him. And that might in his head be when he's going down the stairs and then the two detectives. Whoa. So, that one I buy into. Interesting. Uh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. Hmm. Because they do kind of set it up to make that and uh, like because he's just sitting there and like lost in his own thoughts, and then he comes back to. That's interesting. The woman hmm. who he's talking to, it's another black woman. Maybe that's like the social worker hmm. and the conversations that he's having with her, and he sees her as you know. The, the Zazie Beats character too. Mm. I don't know. I'm sure there's more to this theory where you can piece things together and um, kind of make a f- like a fully formed argument um, as to why it's real. But I just thought I would throw that into the mix. Hmm. I like that a lot. I feel like when we see the sequel, we will get a solution to that because I feel like you might be onto something. Hmm. Okay, um, so I have to wrap this up here pretty soon. Uh, do you guys have any other like pressing points that you really want to make a point to get in here? Yeah, I had Raph. No, I got, I got nothing. Yeah, no, okay. Yeah. So the only other question I have for you guys is, did I miss it? Is there a reason his shoulder is dislocated the whole time? Or does Joaquin Phoenix just look fucking weird? There is a, I don't know if you ever saw this film. It's called You Were Never Really Here. Mm-mm. It's an indie French film. Uh, it came out a few years ago starring Joaquin Phoenix. Um, it's the last role he played, I think, before he did Joker. And it's, it's about a military vet who has PTSD and he retires and he comes to New York and he becomes uh, a private enforcer to rescue young women who are abducted into child sex rings. So Joaquin plays the enforcer. And there's a scene in that that's exactly like Joker, where you are looking at his back and it's all like contorted and twisted and his like shoulders and arms are all messed up. So I think that that's just Joaquin Phoenix's uh, 
scoliosis <laughs> showing. Um, okay. But uh, no, I think what it was was it's just like a weird character uh, thing that he was going for. Interesting. That movie sounds fucking bitching too. That sounds it's, awesome. It's extremely intense, but it's fantastic. That sounds fantastic indeed. Very, very I'm gonna, it's called You Were Never There? You Were Never Really Here. You Were Never Really Here. I'm definitely going to check that shit out. Honestly, it feels like Todd Phillips watched that movie and was like, I want him to play Joker. Yeah. Yeah, he and was saying that was his number one guy. So, yeah. Hmm. Before that, he watched uh, Taxi Driver and King of Comedy, and he was like, I want to make a really <laughs> shitty Martin Scorsese movie. <laughs> and he saw You Were Never Really Here, and he was like, what if I got Joaquin Phoenix to play the Joker, but he's not really the Joker. And that's, that's my movie. Speaking of comedy, it's interesting to me that we, we've spent an hour talking about this film and have not once referenced Robert De Niro being in it. Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, that's how, that's how poorly he was used. <laughs> yeah. He was definitely underutilized. I thought he was pretty good when he was trying to like talk sense into the Joker a little bit, not talk sense, but he was belittling him, but he was just like, that's not how humans are. Like there's something wrong with you. Oh, he was pretty well, good. If he were interviewing someone in clown makeup as their clown protest going on in the city. And that clown person admits to a murder that, that started all the protests. He would stop the interview and like alert the authorities or like yeah, someone the like producer would be like, no, we're not going <laughs> to continue to, to interview. Cut, cut the broadcast right now. Please stop interviewing the man who, who admitted to murder on live television. Let's, let's get the in here, please. Seems to me like you're on Mark Maron's team. Cause yeah. that was his whole thing. <laughs> I mean, if that like, listen, if we were talking and, there was a murder that happened a week ago and one of you guys was like, yeah, it was me. And also you were, you were dressed up like a clown. I would say, let's cut it. <laughs> Kill the podcast. We're yeah. moving on. <laughs> let's address. There's a bigger issue at hand that we need to address. I need to contact the authorities, please. Just give me one moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think that was terrible, but there is some ham-fistedness that happens in this movie, but it is an amazing acting showcase. I thought the score was pretty good. Directing could have been better, but there is some cool like shots that if you, you aren't really looking, you're going to miss them. So I own this movie because I, uh, I went to rent it on Redbox, and it was actually cheaper to buy it on Redbox than to rent it. So I just have a Redbox container that I wrote, do not return on it, so that way I know not to return the Joker. Um, so that's the disc I have. Do you guys think I should keep the disc or I should dump it? Purely, purely due to Joaquin's amazing performance. Hold on to it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my diagnosis. It's culturally significant enough to keep it. Wow. Whether you're someone like me who hates it or someone who really enjoys it. I think this movie does invite conversation, which is something that a lot of movies um, can't do or won't do. Mm -hmm. Um, So for that, I would say it's worth, it's worth keeping. Although I I still think it's, um, you know, now that we're at the end, I can say it. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) We could, we could literally sit here and talk about this movie for another hour on my end, at least. And I'm bummed out that we have to bring it to a close here. So maybe next time that you guys talk about it on your show, you'll have me on. We'll do do part two. 
Yeah, we'll, in fact, our, we'll never honestly every episode will just be about the joker going forward <laughs> awesome so um so your show speaking of which is called straight to dvd i feel like it's a sister show to this just because it's about discs and stuff um why don't you tell the audience a little bit about i really enjoy your show you guys make me laugh and uh you seem to hate everything that you talk about which is more entertaining than people going i like it a lot so uh, <laughs> go ahead and tell the audience about it a little bit uh, well, you you hit the nail on the head. We definitely do talk about a lot of things that we don't like. It seems that it's more uh, more recently than not everything we discuss on it we we sort of hate. But I think that's a result of the fact that so much of what we see recently is stuff that comes to streaming and stuff that studios didn't know what to do with. So I think that's more a uh, uh, a result of COVID. I think more than anything. But that is true. We 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 kind of relish in the fact that anything we get to talk about, uh, we recognize poor craftsmanship in, Mm -hmm. Um, but the truth is we, you know, we started the podcast because we, like you, we, we love films, good, bad, and shitty ones, because I think that there are things to learn from all movies, even poorly made ones. Um, but the whole, the whole point of, of the show, just like yours is that we, we talk about things that we're passionate about and we sort of put on our little, uh, for lack of a better word, clown hat. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, as we're, as we're doing that. And, and that's pretty much it. You have anything to add Raf, to that? No. Um, it's only straight to DVD in, in, in the name. In I spirit. wish that we were, yeah. I wish that we were uh, smart enough to somehow incorporate that title into what we actually do, but we just thought it sounded cool. Um, it is cool. Well, it's yeah. a reference to all the shitty movies we watch that don't make it to theaters and go straight to DVD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Right. He's a lot and it's, That's not true. And if they're going to find you, it's straight the number two DVD, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. We're on Instagram and Twitter at straight two DVD pod. That's the number two straight to DVD pod. Yeah. But if you're looking for us on your podcast, uh, you know, your Spotify's and Apple's and such. It's it's the word too, but not T W O, just T O. And Oof. we we were talking about we were talking about you putting a small PP on your T-shirt, Miles. Before I forget, I'm gonna give us a shameless plug because we're talking about straight DVD. We just launched our own merch. Really? So check it out. We yeah. got yes, we got mugs, T-shirts, hoodies, stickers, thongs, and yeah. anything you could possibly want. We're Fuck yeah, I'm gonna get a thong. We are. That's true. Yeah. We got DVDs coming out of Musk's shop. Yeah, we have we have a we have a contact at Tesla. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> we don't. We don't. We don't. We don't. A straight to DVD Tesla would be fucking dope though with the pink. Hell yeah, <laughs> that would be incredible. We'll, we'll work on it. Our sales <laughs> on it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys for doing this episode with me. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Miles. Always thank a pleasure. you for having us. Always a pleasure. Always a good time. Until next week, I'm going to have to see you later. Toodles.